Welcome back to the Creative Club Podcast. You're here with John Marsh. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're a coach or creative business owner, this is your show to learn the key skills to attract the people you love to work with, your dream clients, to grow your business and to build supreme confidence along the way. So before we jump into today's conversation, quick public service announcement. So there's now two new ways that we can help you guys out. One of them is a download. It's a 23-page PDF. It is totally free. It is called the 100K Propulsion Guide. So we really built this around the eight key tenants that we see come up over and over again for new coaches and new creative business owners who are working towards that first 100K mark per year. And this is a guide you can just download as a PDF so head over to the link that's in the show notes. Basically, you can read through this and start implementing some of the stuff straight away. Some of it's strategic, some of it's ways of thinking, a little bit more mindset and nervous system based. Uh, but a lot of it's very practical and very usable from day one. And that'll really help you if you if you are in those earlier years. Now, number two is the book is now available all in the definitive map for turning pro as a coach or creative business owner. Again, if you're in the earlier years in this book, we go on a quest together through five different lands, a bit of a journey. And in each land, we learn key skills to implement in your business. So there's a, a lot of information in there. Uh, it really will help you if you are in those earlier phase, cover the key fundamental parts of your coaching or creative business. That book, All In, is available at allinbooks.link. There's no PDF, no ebook, no audio book. It's not on Amazon. It's just through allinbooks.link with free shipping globally. So that is now available. All right, that's enough of that. Let's jump into today's conversation. We have Alex O'Neill King from AOK Keep Moving. And Alex is a physiotherapist and a Pilates teacher. And she created AOK Keep Moving over in Perth and Western Australia. And she's helping people to feel good in their body. That could be getting out of a period of acute or chronic pain, getting back to the activities that you love, whether it's cycling, trekking, running, uh, traveling, whatever it might be. Or it could be a blend of all of these and just getting back into a more active lifestyle through the physiotherapy and or the Pilates. So Alex brings these two together in a really special way um, to create that nice journey for the people that she works with. She's got a very well-rounded, very mature approach to business. She's grown very quickly. And it was really great to listen to how she's kind of taught, tied this all together really considered her community, really looked at the big picture of what she's creating there at AOK Keep Moving, and also uh, how she's considered leadership and teamwork as well because she's now got a team uh, at AOK Keep Moving that's helping her to create this change in the culture. So let's jump into the episode. Thanks for joining us. You're here with John Marsh, and this is the Creator Club podcast. My husband and I, we were in Kuwait. Um, I was working as a physio and a Pilates teacher in a gym there and he was working as a chef and we were planning on staying there for probably about another year but then uh, COVID happened and the airports 
um, in Kuwait were closing in 24 hours, uh, supposedly just for a short period of time. So we made a very quick exit. We were on a plane in six hours because wow. um, we just did not want to get stuck there. So we just quickly went, where do we want to get stuck? Rent free in Perth with the beach. Sounds like a pretty good short-term plan to just get get stuck somewhere. So then, yeah, we were in Perth uh, in less than two days. Yeah, what did you do with your whole life, like your house? Like how, how did you kind of take care of that? <laughs> uh, we packed. It was funny because we were talking as if we were going to come back and we packed as if we were going to come back. But I think we kind of knew that we also weren't going to come back. Um, so we kind of packed our backpack. We left some really important stuff in Kuwait that's actually still there. Um, so we yeah just quickly took what we thought were the important things and came back to Perth. And then once we realized that we weren't going to make it back, a friend uh, went into our apartment and packed up the rest of our stuff and um, took it to some other friends. So it's still sort of in storage in Kuwait. Yeah. We're working on getting it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what was that like landing in Perth? What was the sort of next step of the setup? Um, we So we went back to my parents' apartment. Um, so we just hung out with them for a little while. And in the meantime, Perth also went into lockdown. So we were in um, like a month-long lockdown back in Feb um, 2020. So we were just hanging out with my parents, kind of we were really lucky to be able to just walk to the beach every day. That was our sort of daily exercise. And um, my brother had stripped his gym and like disseminated all of his equipment to his members. So we were really lucky to have like a rower in the lounge room and some dumbbells. So we felt really fortunate to be able to keep moving. And uh, we weren't too stressed about that situation because we were just grateful to be home in Perth at that point. Um, still kind of looking at mm -hmm. the news to see, will we go back? Will we stay um, still just keeping an eye on things at that point so nothing had been decided okay and, and then, then did you pick up some work somewhere or how did you or did you go straight into launching your space um i was seeing some clients online so i kept in touch with my kuwait clients so i was seeing some of them online um, i reached out to some of my previous australian clients and was also providing some like online classes um, and then we, once we'd realized that we were going to be here, I actually started looking for physio jobs. Uh, so I put myself in the pool for the public health job, uh, public health physio, which is what my previous um, experience before Kuwait was in. Um, and also started looking at kind of private practice jobs. Um, but I just, yeah, the thought like, the historically the traditional private practice here isn't something that I was interested in um, devoting my time and energy to just like back to back clients, like 20 clients a day, not a lot of time. And, and I knew the energy drain that that had on previous friends and I didn't really want to want to do that, but needed to work as well. And as I was kind of looking at that, my brother was like, what are you doing, Alex? Like, I've got a space. I built a space for you. Um, that's, that was the plan. Why aren't we just jumping straight into it? So, uh, yeah, Mel, my brother was kind of like, hello, the space is ready to rock. All you need yeah. to do is jump in. So yeah. 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 Sometimes we need to flesh out the options though, before we see what's right in front of our face. Yeah. 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 And the funny thing is like the day that I kind of decided and put that plan together and like registered the business name and everything, I got a call from one of the public hospitals saying to see if I was available. And I was like, oh, mm. I'm actually not. Like I've literally just 
mentally yeah. shut that door and I'm, I'm on this other path now. So yeah. the timing was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, maybe talk us through the early stages, like, you know, fitting out the space, you've all of a sudden got mm-hmm. overheads and you've got this thing to run. What were your first sort of movements and how was that kind of first six months for you? Yeah. I was really lucky to, um, get a grant from the NICE um, Foundation, the New Enterprise Incentive Scheme. So um, got to do like a, an intensive two-week kind of business setup course with them. And that was really helpful for me to kind of go through like making a business plan, which I'd never done before, um, and kind of putting those numbers in and realising that I could, like even me, me predicting the minimum amount of revenue, I could manage that. Um, so that was kind of quite uh, freeing to realize that even if I did the minimum of what I thought I was capable of, it would still be feasible. So that was a really um, great process to go through. And then I got teared up with a business mentor from then uh, for about a year as well. Yeah. But that but that initial stage was about um, <laughs> getting all the equipment in from Jokey. So this Pilates stuff, um, it's not cheap. And I got some help from mum and dad with the initial setup, which I'm mm-hmm. super grateful for. And was also really lucky to kind of get in. Uh, I imported a lot of stuff from Turkey uh, before all the supply chains closed down with COVID as well. So some mates were kind of waiting like 18 months to two years. Uh, So I was pretty lucky to be able to get stuff over quite quickly so that I could start operating. Yeah. And I was going to originally touch on this later, but it could be a good time now. You mentioned that your brother owns the gym, which is Athlete X, which is downstairs below you on the screen here um but having said that like you're like you know you guys are brothers to say but you land in the new community it doesn't automatically mean like you're going to have a flood of people who book in and stuff like that how did you go about introducing yourself your energy your you know your personality to the space to the community um even to like some of the the nuts and bolts like what were you Mm. what did you actually do how did you meet people how did you start to build um, rapport and and network there yeah I think a huge part of that was that I trained with them okay so I wasn't just coming in as Alex of physio the new physio I was coming in as a new like teammate with them so I was coming in I was training with them every day um, making sure that I hung around and got to know people I would be down in the gym um, even like times when I wasn't training to, to meet new people as well. So I kind of got in there just as a new gym member would. Um, and then from those conversations, um, it would, I would introduce myself as like, yes, um, I'm Alex Mel's sister and they would have heard about me already. Um, but it was as a member of their team first rather than like a new yeah. um, business upstairs. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'll come, let's come back to that because this community thing, I think obviously it's a big part of athlete X and, and how you kind of think. So I want to spend some time there, but cool. uh, one of the things that I think is really cool is how you're one kind of focusing in on your specific way of doing what you do. Like there's the kind of the work around the pain um, how you do the Pilates, how you do your physio. And I'm kind of interested into, in terms of where you learn that and 
if it's from mentors or if it was from others, what that looked like for you and how, because because what we have now or what we see from the outside is someone who's clear and focused and knows how they're delivering things and kind of has a methodology, right? But that's not always how it starts out and, and we've got to find our way there. What did that process look like for you to start to differentiate a little bit and understand how you want to teach and how you want to work with people? Yeah. Um, so a really big part of me developing the process that I'm using at the moment was uh, meeting and, well, sorry, re-meeting um, my Pilates mentor, Wade, at Proper Pilates. Um, so we'd had a bit of a history. We, we actually knew each other back in the day when uh, we were all dancers um, and then uh, reconnected back in 2017 when he was hosting a workshop in Melbourne. Um, and at the time I was teaching Pilates in a very different way and then attended this workshop um, and I was just like okay this is something that's been missing from my practice um, and this is definitely something that can help me grow as a teacher so I really like locked into that relationship and, and continued to train with him um, even when I was overseas um, and still to this day of training with him um, online as well. What so were some of the yeah. what were some of the shifts? Um, so there's uh, there's a little bit of um, like historical political stuff within the Pilates community around the different styles of teaching and whether you're true to the archival historical yeah. way of teaching or your sort of um, modern contemporary Pilates and and then a whole spectrum of teaching styles in between that. Um, my original training was in the contemporary kind of style of Pilates, um, sometimes called clinical Pilates, mm -hmm. and that's how I was teaching at the time while also working as a physio full-time at the hospital. And I felt like that style of teaching that I was providing didn't, I couldn't see the progression for my clients. It felt quite um, disjointed. Um, like I, I was always kind of chopping and changing. Um, I couldn't see for my people the big picture. So in my mind, I'm not sure how they also saw the big picture. Um, and then when I met Wade and started working with him, it was all about the system as a whole and how everything was working towards progression and process always. Mm. Um, and it was a huge shift in how my body felt with the mm. work as well. Um, I got stronger a lot quicker and was able to like move towards movements that I'd never been able to do before um, that always seemed too hard or too far away. Um, and then when I started introducing that into the way I was teaching back then, my clients were like, we're not sure what this new stuff is, but we really like it. <laughs> so I was getting this like direct feedback from the people that I was working with that they were really into it as well. Do you think you could talk a little bit about that now? Like what it looks like to work with you either in Pilates or, or physio or that sort of journey for someone who comes in typically and, Maybe what's different about how you do it now versus uh, other studios or, or maybe general Pilates or general physiotherapy? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day as well. I think previously I felt a little bit like a gatekeeper, like I had to um, like anoint someone the permission to progress onto the next stage once they had kind of demonstrated to me that they were capable of the task I was giving them. But now I feel like uh, we're all on this like lifelong journey and that really I'm just the facilitator 
um, for these people to discover their strengths and to keep moving forward sort of through this method for themselves. And how that kind of looks now for me is that we are all uh, like working from a base foundation and moving through that at different speeds. Everybody looks like they're doing different things, but actually everybody's working on the same trajectory, but just at different paces, depending mm -hmm. on where their body's at and what their goals are as well. So it feels a lot more um, like we're all marching forward together. And are people, when you say together, are people in the Pilates work working together? You've got small groups going. Is it a, it's a, it's a group uh, training together? Yeah, so my small groups are a maximum of five people and they're all at different stages of their, their journeys or, or rehab if they're coming for rehab. Um, mm -hmm. And what's really cool about that is that somebody who's new will see somebody doing something and be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I could never do that. And then the person who's doing the amazing thing goes, that's exactly what I said six months ago when I saw someone doing this, but now I can do it. You'll get there too, just wait. Um, so it's this really cool thing of they can all see each other at different stages um, and they're all supporting each other and encouraging each other along um, mm. and sort of giving that little pep talk of like, no, no, you've got this. I know that it looks impossible now, but I felt like that before. And now I know I can do this as well. I love it. It's like real time proof that the method's working right there in front of them, just six months ahead exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Lots of the time um, I just shut up, I just shut up and let them talk. I'm just like, I'll just get out of the way and let you guys teach each yeah. other. This is perfect. <laughs> awesome. Uh, would you share, and you don't have to, but I'd be interested in hearing about how you've set up the, the journey. So like if let's say I come in with a bit of a shoulder pain um, that has you know been hanging around for a while, what does it look like and how do you progress me into those groups? Cause it sounds like a really cool model, especially, you know, like relative to what you started off with, which was that kind of, um, you know, you mentioned back to back physiotherapy appointments. Like this is something very different now. What's the pathway look like and how have you brought the groups in relative to the physio and sort of blended this sort of, you know, um, yeah, I guess this blend, how did you how did you build it and what does it look like? Yeah, so everybody coming in will always start with an initial physio assessment. Mm -hmm. um, so that initial one-on-one -on -one time together is really important so that we can get to know that person, who they are, what they like, what they're after, um, and also understand their injuries or their pain a bit better as well. Some people might stay on that one-on-one -on -one track for a little while um, if it's if they don't feel ready for the groups or if we just need to investigate a bit further to understand what they need in those group sessions. Um, once people move into the groups, I make a clear distinction about when we're doing Pilates and when we're doing other styles or forms of exercise. Um, that's just a personal choice for me that it's important that we make that distinction. Um, because for me, the Pilates is a separate exercise form. And then we might also have a strength circuit or some okay. balance work or some mobility work that's applicable to that person's goals. Um, but I like it. I like my people to understand the difference between what strength training is and what the benefits are for that and why we might be doing Pilates as well. So in terms of the, the programs, everybody will have their Pilates exercises that we're working on. But then they'll 
often always have some additional exercise um, methods that are specific to their goals as well that we're progressing through. Yeah. So it's kind of also maintaining the lineage of the Pilates um, purity sort of thing as well. So people are understanding that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just become important to me because it, it helped me um, understand the value of Pilates when yeah. I stopped trying to make it be like, if, if I stopped trying to make it be strength training, mm-hmm. then the value of the Pilates became clearer to me. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's so easy in our mind to take a model and then see reality in front of us and kind of like bend and twist and shape the model to try to fit everything. And then you end up losing the value of the core thing, which has been around for, I don't know how long, decades or hundreds of years or whatever. And um, we think we know better. It's like, but then eventually you peel it back and, and realize what's going on with the strength stuff. Are you drawing from the relationship you have with your brother and the strength coaches and people in that world as well? Oh, definitely. Um, I learn from the guys downstairs all the time. Um, so they, yeah, they are great coaches. Um, Tari, their head coach, who's also their programmer, is an amazing programmer. So mm. um, there's always things to learn there. Um, he's a I've weapon. Done he's a weapon. Yeah, he's such a tank. Oh, he's so strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done additional um, education around strength and conditioning to better my own understanding, mm-hmm. to try to help my rehab plans be more effective um but yeah and the really cool thing that i love about being in this space as well is that um we have people who train in both spaces and i love referencing for them movements that they do downstairs here in in the pilates studio and that's like a really cool thing for them to go oh i yep cool toes to bar i understand why that relates to this um so i really love having that ability to kind of cross over um cues or references as well between the work they do downstairs and the work that they do with you, they're probably after six to 12 months walking around knowing as much as what most trainers or coaches would know. Like I'm sure that the education would be immense, right? Like once they're doing both of them and working with both of you guys. Yeah. And I feel like that's a huge part of what we do up here as well is that um, like exploration of what is their body up to at the moment um, so they can understand the shapes that their bodies are in or what movements they're doing. And um, that might be super helpful in some instances, but maybe not so helpful in other instances. So helping them uh, understand what their body's doing and then be able to make choices about what to do with their body in different contexts as well. Yeah. So the vibe I'm picking up, and obviously we've we've kind of seen a bit of your journey, but it feels like you really look after the people you work with. There's this really cool uh, pathway or journey for them to continue to work in the group training. So it's not just physiotherapy for a while. There's this kind of ongoing ability to grow and and get stronger. Um, and great client retention and pathway always helps with business growth because it's, you know, a way to continue to serve that person over time. Could you speak to anything else that, cause you've seen great growth with AOK and, and the business is there anything else that you would speak to that you've seen really helpful for you in the last, uh, I don't know, year, 18 months that you've, you've done? Is it the community? Like where have you sort of found that you've um, hit your stride? Like what's helped you? Um, yeah, I think that 
a huge part of our growth has been sort of word of mouth and, and referrals from the people that train with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you mentioned before, like the care that we have for the people mm-hmm. that work here. And I know that um, that's something that, that, that I hear the clients talk about amongst themselves and I hear them talk to other people like um, they're like, they just like Alex cares about you. She cares about you as a person. Um, she doesn't just care that you're coming into train. Like she wants to know how, like how you are and, and how she can help you. Um, and I think that that really comes across in our training sessions. And, and as soon as they're upstairs here, um, they know that we, they're not just revenue to us, that yeah. we really do want to see them progress, not just in the exercises, but we want to help them feel stronger and more confident in their life. Like when they leave our studio, we want them to feel better about themselves. Yeah. I know that you, I'm not sure whether physiotherapy is the same as osteo. I know there's limitations on what you can talk about in terms of the results people get, these kinds of things, Mm -hmm. but maybe even from the Pilates side, is there any stories that you'd have of a typical person who comes through and the journey that they sort of see with the strength work and, and what they kind of do with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're totally right. We are a bit inhibited with like outcomes and things, um, for testimonials, but a really typical story is, uh, people coming in, um, they're very fearful of trying new things, whether it be the gym or even like going on a hike with their friends. They don't want to do that because they're scared of, the pain that's going to come or that they're not going to be able to make it. Um, and so a really typical journey of people for us is they come, they train with us. Um, and at some point down the line, they come in with a big grin on their face and a smart and a story about, I, I did the thing. I did the thing. I went for the walk and we made it back or I went back to the gym and I was able to participate in that class, but I haven't been able to. And a really common thread that we hear is like, I, I, I felt confident, I felt safe, and I trusted myself. Um, that's the really big awesome. common theme yeah. for people that come and work with us. Yeah, so good, huh? Because it tri- trickles into everything else that you do. Yeah. And it also means that then like they'll come in and say, I love it when they tell me, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but basically like I wasn't sure if I could do this, but... I trusted that my body could do it. I gave it a go. And so then like I proved myself right that I could. Um, yeah. So I love it when they start problem solving and sort of reassuring themselves of their own capabilities. Yeah. It's quite a different uh, mindset for you having that sort of getting lit up by the person that you're working with, the client or the member getting stronger and problem solving for themselves relative to what you spoke about being the gatekeeper sort of of information. And I don't know how much of that still happens. Everyone kind of talks about that being the old school physio way sort of thing. Mm. I don't know if that's still happening, like, like what people say, or, or maybe it is, I'm not sure, but uh, it almost sounds like you're giving people the self-leadership, the means to kind of fly free. And um, the thing that that's doing is creating even better client life cycle and better retention, which could seem counterintuitive to somebody doing the other way. Is there anything you'd speak to on that? Um, yeah, I agree. It seems like trying to encourage your people to not need you anymore. Doesn't seem like a very good business model. Um, but I think that we're kind of proving that 
that it is. Mm. (laughs) And it it means that um, they, I think if I can help somebody develop the confidence to deal with this issue that they're working through at the moment, then when a new issue comes up, they're going to trust me to help them through that as well. Um, If a family member's got an issue, they're going to trust me to help them with their family member. So it means that I'm not just getting that one person for that one thing forever, but I'm also getting like getting access to their whole network because they know that I'm not going to ask them to just come back three times a week forever um, without trying to help them build tools to not need me anymore. Totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the other thing I'd love to talk about is the leadership work that you're doing, like specifically in your business, um, you went from, you know, new space opening up solo, you know, kind of lone wolf setting up shop to now leading a team and hiring and doing all that cool stuff. What's that been like for you? And yeah, maybe just speak to that a little bit. Yeah. That, that I think happened quicker than I thought it was going to happen. Um, Yes, the leadership role is something that I'm really enjoying stepping into. Um, I'm definitely learning a lot. And the two people that I've got on my team are fabulous in that we're all very open with our feedback to each other. So uh, super grateful that they're helping me grow into this as well. Um, I feel like it's a little bit of a thing at the moment where you don't know what you don't know. Um, I feel a little bit like I'm playing a little bit of catch up sometimes. but it's all really good info about how I can support them uh, to keep them growing in the role as well. Um, so the, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's challenging in that I don't just have to deal with, with my stuff. I need to also like support them through their stuff. Totally. Um, but, and even that like is a new, a new um, kind of a new perspective on things. Um, you know, we're very big about like look helping our clients like as a whole person and and not asking them to leave any of their emotions or anything at the door like that they can be their full selves with us um, and then I think we also then get to um, model that for them so that we get to be our whole people at work um, so you know we need to also support each other uh, so learning how to support my client my staff um, through their whole like their challenges and stuff is is a new uh, new role for me um, but sort of I think it's really good for us to model that as a business that we're allowed to have off days and we're allowed to have um, mental health days uh, just like we would have regular sick days as well mm. one thing I love that you did is from the very beginning it seemed like anyway from the outside when you were like okay I'm going to bring somebody on and you gave some weight to it, right? Like you kind of, it was intentional. I remember you were, you were talking about it and talking about the interview process and kind of thinking about the concept of leadership and thinking about how this was going to work versus I guess, bringing someone in to cover hours and then trying to deal with something that pops up in retrospect. And it sounds kind of off the cuff, but it actually happens a lot. And Mm. so I'm interested, like when you brought the first person in or now that you've got the team, maybe just a couple of the systems or processes or ways that you're running a meeting, how are you making sure that this happens? And 
how have you kind of set it up so that you've got, um, you know, a rhythm or a schedule around how you come together or how, how are you sort of managing that? That has been a challenge um, because my staff members are working at sort of separate times. Um, but one process that has been really important to me and for them is that they do train with us in the small group training sessions so that they experience what we're doing here as a client so that they can also then um, start to learn how to share that with, with their clients as well. Um, something that we're putting into place that's starting um, this month is more regular monthly sort of PD workshops that we're all going to get together uh, for an extended period of time. And we'll be using that to have regular check-ins, but also for me to provide more training for them around how to um, teach the services that happen up here in the studio as well. Cool. The other thing I've got here that I'm really interested in is, and we did touch on it earlier, is the idea of community and coming in as a participant and then you started mm -hmm. to build. So if somebody's listening and they don't, they, they haven't been set up in a space and they don't have, like they don't automatically or there's not a natural connection with a gym or some sort of a hub, and they're sort of sitting inside of the four walls waiting for people to book in or hoping people click on the website, that kind of thing. What, how would you speak to them or is there any advice you could give them based off of what you've learned or how to get involved in communities or how to start to build that sort of offline reputation and relationships? Yeah, I think a big thing is that people don't know that you're there if they don't know. So sort of going out, into their spaces and introducing yourself and inviting them into your space, I think plays a big part. So getting people in to experience your services, either on a one-on-one -on -one or if there's businesses around, like inviting the whole team to come in and um, providing like a workshop or a demo or getting them into your space and, and showing them the value of, of what you can give them as well. Um, and then, you know, if, if you're, part of that community then perhaps like going and training with them or so they can kind of get to know you um, and your values outside of your space as well which is sort of speaks to more you as a whole person rather than just a service provider yeah yeah got it with your marketing mm -hmm. and i know you're jumping on some instagram lives and i've seen you know a bit more and more of the aok -okay world over the months be brought out to us right to the audience um is there anything that you really enjoyed as you've kind of dived into that more um or anything that you've realized or learned or could speak to in terms of the online side i know so much of your growth probably is coming from offline and direct relationships but has there been anything that you found with the online space or how have you found that journey yeah there's been i feel like there's been a huge amount of growth in that for me working with you and Ruby and the Creator Club crew around sort of building that online trust um, and particularly around like the email list and building the website and offering value to people through that. Um, I feel like that's been a big part of um, my growth over the last year. Um, so it's been, I've found it cool to develop sort of skills in that area around the writing um, and even starting to feel more confident talking about my services to people and coming on podcasts and, and having these chats because um, mm. that's something that I felt really uncomfortable with um, before starting this. I hadn't really ever had to like 
sell my services to people before. Mm. So uh, being able to do that, not with ease, but with practice has been really, really big for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is it's very clear that you know who you're speaking to. Um, so the content I can tell, like if I was over there and I was either in pain or looking to get into some Pilates or looking for help as a physio, it's very clear that you're speaking to me and there's empathy for the audience. Like nothing's too complicated. Mm. Nothing's too, it's very easy in content to speak to our peer level. So like in yeah. physio, it would be speaking in technical terms to other, kind of to other phys, physios, we do it subconsciously. Or in business, it could be like trying to, to speak too, in too complicated of terms. Um, was there anything you did to feel more comfortable, like speaking to the level of your audience? Or was that something that just came naturally when you started to show up online? No, I think I learned that from you guys, from Creative Oh, really? Cards. Yeah, we're, and working <laughs> with, with Lizzie as well. Okay. So, yeah, working working through all of um, your frameworks and then um, Just the language I didn't even, so. Yeah, and I actually, when I got in touch with Lizzie, I didn't realize that she was your sister. And I was like, hey, copywriter, I need some help. Can I please pay for your services? Um, but going through that process with her and the backwards and forwards um, really helped me understand the process better. Okay. Um, and so I, I feel more confident now creating that, some of that copy for myself without that assistance as well. Um, yeah. And it's actually, when you say that it's clear who I'm speaking to, this really cool thing has been happening recently where new people will call up and they'll like make a comment about something that's really deep in the website about like the about page or something. Oh, really? Like, oh, I, re I really liked how you said this. Um, I have to think for a second because I've forgotten what's on there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm glad that you connected with that. Um, so people have been connecting with like different parts of the content, um, which has been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, the last thing is um, you mentioned some of your mentors or your main mentor earlier. And I know that you're doing on your website, for example, you've kind of got the teacher's side and I know that there's some energy going into, I'm not sure if you call it teacher training or basically supporting new teachers. Could you talk a little bit about how you're, sort of dipping your toe or moving into some of that space um, because I know you've done some speaking and some presentations, what's happening on that side of the business and maybe even what the future kind of looks like over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've presented at a few conferences um, over the years, which is always fun uh, connecting with that many people at once. But at the moment I'm providing sort of one-to-one -one mentor sessions for teachers both here in the studio and online. Um, and I've got some online on-demand workshops available uh, on it's called the, the TMR Academy platform. Um, so that's sort of like a, a teacher training platform built by my friend Nick over at the Movement Refinery in, in Melbourne. So there's one workshop on there at the moment and another one coming up soon. So uh, those workshops will continue to build. Um, and then at the moment, yeah, the one-to-one -one mentoring to help people and teachers kind of problem solve some of their more complicated cases and also to help them just feel confident teaching because mm. there seems to be a bit of a, there's a lot of courses at the moment to become a Pilates teacher, but not necessarily a lot of support to build that confidence. So once people get out, sometimes they can feel a little bit lost. Uh, so I 
enjoy being someone to help them uh, build that confidence that they can cool. take into their teaching as well. Yeah. And what does that look like? Is that ongoing work with you or is it for a certain period of time? And also, I guess, more importantly, are you working with anyone who's a Pilates teacher or do they need to be a studio owner or maybe just a, a bit of a snapshot? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that's a teacher is welcome. Uh, so that can be an ongoing process, but also people then sometimes start training with me in the small group training sessions as well, which can be a really valuable tool uh, when you experience something in your own body. It can then also help you get a better understanding of how to teach it to others. Mm. Is it kind of like in, I'm not sure in Pilates, but I remember in obviously owning a gym and in personal training, like there's this period where you can come out of it and you know, you spend all this time writing or doing the really refined assessments and writing really detailed programs. And you can end up quite um, bounded by your own knowledge a little bit. And then on the other side of that, you're like, you're still doing that stuff, but you're relaxed and you can kind of problem solve and, and talk to the person and kind of change things on the fly. Is it sort of a little bit of that, like helping them just mature through the, the process? Yeah, a hundred percent. And that idea around the programming uh, brings to mind often when somebody new comes in and they're asking me specific uh, questions about the programming structure that they learned. And I have to tell them, I'm really sorry, but I actually stopped using that quite a few years oh, really? ago. Yeah. Um, and so it, you're exactly right. You kind of learn the rules and then you learn how and when to break the rules. Yeah. And then you build the confidence to be creative in the moment based yeah. on the person in front of you. Yeah. So that's definitely a journey that a lot of us go on to get to that period of of being more confident to be creative and spontaneous as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, and you've got a new addition to the studio. You got a puppy. Oh, no, she's the best. Yeah. How's she's she going? Best. Yeah. She's so good. She, honestly, people can't believe how well behaved she is. She sleeps in the crate for an hour and then yeah. I let her out and she like cruises around and gives everybody cuddles and yeah. then she goes back to sleep for an hour. Yeah. Good. The best. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Is there anything else you want to talk about in the world of Pilates or AOK or anything that's coming up for you? Um, this month, we're having our first sort of social big event with all of the members. We're having our inaugural cool. lawn, lawn bowls day. So we've got 30 crew hanging down for lawn bowls. So I'm pretty excited to sort of get everybody together outside of the studio um, in a bit more of a social relaxed context as well. So that'll be super fun. Awesome. Uh, side question. Do you do the community that you have for the Pilates? Is there, do you guys do Facebook groups or do you do, is there like a hub for your community or is it, how do they interact with each other separate to the classes? I've just introduced the Facebook group in the last couple of months um, and using that as a way for them to share uh, resources with each other and then I've also started contributing some more um, sort of tutorials into some of the exercises that I can see people having trouble with in the studio so we've just introduced a new online way for them to interact with each other as well cool awesome uh, anything else you want to add don't think so all right well Thanks I'll pop so your um, website and Instagram stuff like that into the show notes if you're listening and you're in kind of, I think, I don't know, I would say physio, Pilates, training, any of these spaces, uh, Alex's website's very clear. The messaging in the social media is very clear. I know you're doing some simple but really great email marketing um, with some storytelling in there and 
Um, so yeah, it's really cool process that you've got going. And so if you are in those worlds, go sign up to everything, <laughs> basically sign up and just look at it and study it. And you'll start to see the clarity and how it's all fitting together and creating the AOK world, which is, which is really cool. And yeah. Is there anything else lined up for 2022 that you're excited about? Um, got a couple of trips lined up, taking my husband to Rottnest for the first time ever. So that'll be cool. fun. If you're not in Perth, that's a little island off, off, off WA, but, and I'm still crossing fingers and toes for an East Coast visit later on this year. Yeah, I reckon it'll happen. Yeah. Awesome, Alex. Well, thank you so much for your time and we'll keep following along the journey and yeah, really appreciate it. Keep up all the awesome work. Yeah, thank you so much for all the support. That's it for this episode of Creative Club Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to go and check out Alex's work at AOK Keep Moving. We'll put her links in the show notes as well. And if you found this podcast episode helpful at all, share it around, uh, share it on your social media, send it along to someone who might benefit from it. That's the best way that you can help us as well. All right. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next episode.